Dear, you're undead to me. I didn't actually write an intro for you. This was kind of a triggering episode. I guess I'm glad that Elena knows that vampires exist early in the series, that we don't have to deal with that bullshit for too much longer. But yeah, not a big fan of what's happening with Caroline. A little bit afraid for Bonnie. Um, and uh, goodbye, Zach. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear, you're undead to me. This is apparently a reoccurring theme because I also didn't write an intro for you. I completely forgot about it until this very moment. But I think it was a, you were a pretty good episode. I The one thing about this episode is that it kind of makes me wish it wasn't season one anymore. Because I think it's finally hitting a, a wall of, okay, we've done the same thing a few times now. Start moving on to something new. But yeah, Zach, uh, I don't have to pretend to think that you're a relevant character anymore. So that's exciting. Uh, sincerely, Nikki. That's amazing. I just had my, I forgot my homework moment where I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I didn't write anything. We both didn't do the assignment, so it's fine. I mean, the kids at Mystic Falls High never do their homework anyway, so it's fine. That's right. They're just ogling each other during class. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the pleasure of looking at episode 5 of season 1, You're Undead to Me. I'm Nikki, joined as always by my best friend and co-host. That's me, Bridget! While we won't be spoiling future episodes, we will be discussing this episode in detail. You have been warned. Speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and timestamps. This is the episode where... Stefan is hopeful of his plan to get rid of Damon and decides to reveal parts of his past to Elena. Bonnie seeks advice from her grandmother. Yeah, in the last, like, in the very last seconds scene. of the episode. <laughs> that's very important for Bonnie, so that that's good on them. But, um, sorry, sure. what does uh, Stefan, what does Stefan reveal to Elena? That he's Italian? Uh, yeah, a few things. A few, like, non-important things. He likes uh, all kinds mm -hmm. of music. He likes... He watched I Love Lucy in the past. Uh, very non-cave things. Uh... Stefan was being a little bit self-indulgent when he described himself as, uh... Hiding alone for centuries, which uh, actually leads me to the previously on. So the previously on, just to sum it up, you can't just like jump into the show at this point. There's so much going on. It's not like an episodic where you can plunk down into the middle of it and just know what's going on, who the characters are, because this isn't like a sitcom. It's not like how I met my vampire's mother or like friends with vampires. If Vampire Diaries was a sitcom though, Nikki, I think it would be amazing. Can you imagine Caroline Forbes in a sitcom? She would be perfect, and it would set. I think Jenna would be the main character. Interesting. And it would be all about her, like raising her teens, oh, right? I like Fish that. out of water. Yeah. People love that in the comedy community. Um, but anyway, sorry to sum it up. <laughs> uh, Stefan's been hiding alone in the shadows for centuries, but not really. He's the mystery guy, and Elena likes that, but she knows that he's got a secret. She wants him to earn her trust. Vampires in this show don't sparkle because they burn in the sun. People in this episode are obsessed with, like, things and trinkets. Uh, Damon had procured a very important crystal. We don't know why it's important. The town's council wants a pocket watch that belongs to Jeremy, but we don't know why they want it. Meanwhile, Elena's noticed that there are bite marks all over Caroline. And Stefan's all like, I'm dealing with it. But Elena, like, doesn't know how he's dealing with it. Stefan and Zach team up to defeat Damon with Ravain! And meanwhile, the town's council knows that vampires are back start the episode <laughs> and we start the episode in the basement of the salvatore home where damon has been locked up um and he's been without his ring stefan's put him in a timeout what i really like about this scene is that we get to learn more vampire lore 
We get to learn about vampires in the Dark Ages, that when they were a threat to their secrecy, they would seek to re-educate them. Um, and we also learn what happens when vampires don't get blood for a long time, in kind of this horrific mummification where they're still alive, but they can't move. And Stefan's all, like, teasing Damon and being like, oh, you don't look so good. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's being like, he's being very serious. But in my mind, he's like, not feeling well. We'll talk about it in 50 years when you've had some time to think about it, young man. Go to your basement, Damon. Yeah, in Damon's mind also, that's how he's acting. (laughs) Yeah. And after this, we get the show title card. Yeah, single drip of blood from the V. And we go to Elena waking up in bed. And I gotta say, Nikki, this is one of my, I think this is my favorite music moment of this episode. And there are a lot of good music moments in this damn episode. I know how you're looking at me. Nikki's looking at me like she just put up her hands. She's like, wait, stop, stop. There's there's a very distinct song in this episode that always reminds me of the Vampire Diaries. It's literally on our Vampire Diaries playlist. And this is the moment you pick. There are like three major songs, that moments, but this is the moment because, and I never noticed it until this rewatch. So this is different. This is like, I didn't notice this song as a teenager um it's a song by imogen heap and the lyrics are so good they're so good for like grief where do we go from here how do we carry on i can't get beyond the question Uh, everybody says time heals everything but what of the wretched hollow the endless in between are we just going to wait it out and and that just feels like where Elena's at, like she's had time to come back down to herself, to come back down to her grief and spend some time with her feelings. Stefan was a great distraction, but now he's just not been there, which I think in a way adds more resentment. Like he's not just a guy that she met randomly, really liked him, and then he left and now she's pissed. She He's kind of a cover for her depression in a way and her her grieving process through like sitting with her feelings through a horrible time of like loss for her of her parents and and similarly uh jeremy is having a similar uh, he's got a very different behavior in this episode because he kind of got what he wanted the surface level of what he wanted right like he wanted vicky careful what you wish for yeah speaking of vicky (laughs) elena goes to the bathroom she's all depressed she's like gonna cry she's i actually saw some tears in nina dobrev's eyes as she opened the door and then vicky's just like mid brushing her teeth Oh, I'm almost done. This is my issue with Jack and Jill bathrooms. Every time I have to design a Jack and Jill bathroom, which is where the two bedrooms share a bathroom, and usually the vanity part is open on both sides, and then usually there's like a separate door for your toilet and your shower. I think about this moment every single time I ever (laughs) come in contact with any sort of Jack and Jill bathroom, where I'm like, "Mm." You're like, are you sure? Is your marriage strong? Are you going to walk in on someone? Well, yeah, it's like, are your kids, your kids are going to become teenagers? Every time, every time I think about that. Because of this scene. I love that. I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> but yes, they do run into each other and it's like, oh, hello. <laughs> What's kind of nice about this is that Vicky goes back to Jeremy's room and it's kind of cute to see them together. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I think I got you in trouble. And he's like, you know, I'm a stoner, or whatever, whatever. A girl in my bed doesn't really rank. He and Jenna had a talk. Maybe he is actually paying attention in class, unlike Elena on her high horse. Well, Vicky's not in Jeremy's classes to distract him. To not make obvious googly eyes. There's a lot to be said for not being in a class with your crush. Oh, yeah, or your best friend. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I think we learned a lot 
in, in our AP English class. I mean, we do have a whole segment for it, so it was clearly, you know, just a vessel for us to talk about Vampire Diaries. Anyway, we switch over from Jeremy's bedroom to the Gilbert kitchen, uh, where Elena comes down and she says to Jenna, like, do you know what's happening? And I kind of love Jenna's parenting style, where she's just like, She's like, yeah, could he be a little bit more craftier? Sure. Like, <laughs> I wish that he would at least try to sneak her in and out. But, like, she's chill about it. And, like, for her, she knows it's, like, you know, he probably is happier with, like, you know, she. everyone knows that he's been in love with Vicky. It's very obvious to everybody. Yeah. I love it, too. I think that Jenna is just, like, she really has her priorities straight. Like, she's, like... I don't want him to do things that will mess up his life forever, but, like, I'm not going to be the person that's, like, don't have sex before you're whatever because it's, like, unrealistic. And it makes me think that she had a talk with him about, like, either safe sex or, like, you know, I'll give you a pass on a lot of things. Just, like, please stop getting high at school because it seems like Jeremy uh, internalized that in this episode where he's... Later, we see him being like, we don't have to get all high all the time, right? Like, and he's, it's really lifted for him in a big way. And I would like to think that that's a change because of something that happened with him and Jenna. Yeah, I, that would be nice. I think it's a little bit more that he has the girl that he wanted and that was kind of causing him distress prior. So now he's like running on that serotonin high of mm. being with this girl. And now he's like. I just want to enjoy this moment. Yeah. But it could be both. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about this scene is Elena's impression of Stefan, which is very good. She's listened to that voicemail a million times. You know, my favorite thing about this scene, Nikki, is that we find out that Elena, we find out a very important part of her personality. She is a Bran Flakes kind of girl. See, I'm a Lucky Charms kind of girl, which I, th- I think that says a lot about me and my personality. I'm more of a brand flakes kind of girl too you see this is why this is why we're friends is because we balance each other out i'm the scoop of ice cream and you are the espresso and our delicious affogato so we cut back to the salvatore house so nikki what's your personal interior design uh perspective on uh basements with jails in them in, in, in boarding houses, have you have you designed any inns where there happen to be, like, you know, a l- little window where you can look in at a person in a room that locks from the outside? No, I, I do have to say that in Virginia, I get a little bit uncomfortable with the whole concept. Oh, shit. I was, like, joking last episode about, like, this is where we put the naughty borders of the Salvatore house, and you just brought this to, like, a really real level. Everything is political. Interior design is political. And I don't know if that's, like, the Salvatore thing, or if it's more just because it's the Salvatore home. I don't know. It's hard to know what was added because there very clearly have been vampires in this family for a while, and what is, like, historically just fucked up. So I don't know. Oh, this is so cool. I feel like we could have a separate podcast about this with you, with me just being like, what? And you just being like, yeah. And me being like, what? (laughs) Okay, sorry. Anyway. Stay out of the basement, Stefan said. Damon's still dangerous, he said. Zach. I know. Also, at least I appreciate that Stefan knows that he's not good at lying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, I appreciate that he's self-aware that he's not good at lying because he's not. <laughs> but at this point, he's just avoiding her. And Zach is right. Zach is weirdly right. Where like, I love that this is paralleled with like Jenna being there for Elena and being like... The aunts and uncles. Yeah, the aunts and uncles. Yeah, the last time that we'll get that parallel <laughs> with Stefan and Elena, sadly. So we cut to Caroline's bedroom. Yeah. And Caroline and Bonnie are chatting, and I just feel so bad for Caroline. She's having holes in her memories. And the way that she's shot. Yeah. it's th- She's got, like, that darkness on one half of her face, and it's very... And then, like, Bonnie's in the background, like, not paying attention and looking at the candle and stuff. She's, you know, still processing what's happened to her, and I think in some way trying to, like, lessen how awful it was by being like, maybe I asked him to do it, and it's like... Bonnie has this great moment of like, why would you do that? Well, she says, maybe I let him, which is which is a nuanced difference. And it's like, out of all the things that she said, that's the thing Bonnie responds to. I'm like, oh, like not the losing time, not like being bitten or passing out. Like she passed out. And and the idea that like Bonnie jumps on this one thing of like, maybe like Caroline's starting to open up about like essentially being gaslit. Bonnie's just like, angry so caroline clams up she doesn't want to talk about it she's like i just want to go back to normal and she starts putting like makeup on her bite yeah i didn't read that scene that way um in my like thing like in my read of it like bonnie is kind of she's like any idea that caroline would be blaming herself for the event she's just like no like that's not what happened Mm. i definitely took it like why would you do that you know why would you do that it's it's very it's very accusatory language. There's something about this actually I want to bring up something that I learned that's helpful about like trauma responses, which is that um everyone knows the famous fight or flight. So people think that if you didn't mm. fight or you didn't leave that nothing bad happened. And there are two other lesser known trauma responses, which is freeze and fawn. Um, so freezing, we all know like, oh, I just froze. Like I couldn't, you know, it's like your automatic nervous system just kind of goes, oh no, I don't know what to do. Fawning, I think is what we've seen Caroline do, which is kind of like regress a little bit to like a little girl where like, it's like, oh, okay. And there is a phenomenon where when something unsafe is happening to you, you can behave in such a way where you, you want to make it safe. Like you, your subconscious brain is like, this is not safe, but you're like, but I, but I want it to be safe. If it's safe, then I'm okay. And so if I say that, like, I let him do it, maybe it's okay and, like, nothing is wrong and I don't have to freak out anymore because she just wants to go back to normal. And then we see, like, Caroline take something away from Bonnie and she says, get your grubby hands off it, which I'm not a fan of. Which is the crystal that Damon was, quote unquote, going to give to her. Um, Sure. (laughs) And then we go to the school where Elena and Bonnie are looking at Caroline, interacting with other people, like, everything's fine. Um, Caroline had said to Bonnie, you know, I just want to go back to normal, and it seems like she's done that. She's like, you know, it's a sexy SEDS car wash. I want it to be in-your-face sexy. And I'm like, did anyone sign off on this? Did adults sign off on this? Yeah, my, my all caps is, what school approved the sexy SEDS car wash? What school would approve a student-run fundraiser that has the word sexy in the title of it? Like, they put it on a banner. Yeah. Literally. I had, we had a club in high school where one of the, like, there was, like, a flyer that we did around it, and it had, like, a monkey with a cigar in its mouth, 
and that got like taken down throughout the school. Wow. But this motherfucking school gets to have a sexy sons party. That's wild. And she's like, the band have committed. Well, you know, and then she gets a good dig in on the band kids. And I'm like, damn, that's, you know, I think the band kids in our high school were like the coolest. So there. Yeah, they are kind of a cult. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it this event is happening, which is going to give us our fifth event yeah! in five episodes. We're five for um, five. Which leads me to ask, is all of season one events? <laughs> and I don't remember, but so far, we're five for five. Elena's like, you dealt with Damon for four days, and I'm I'm with her. You couldn't call? What were they doing? Were he and Zach in the kitchen, chopping up Vervain, putting in a nice Italian dinner, like, ooh, Damon, come and get your blood sausage and linguine. Oh, oops, there's Vervain in it. Now you're weaker. Like, what were they doing for four days? I do appreciate Bonnie's, like, when Stefan comes up to them, Bonnie's like, I gotta go be somewhere right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not even trying to lie at this point. Um, (sighs) And yeah, I think that I do like this moment because we see Elena's curious, but she's also still pissed, you know, mm-hmm. rightfully so. She's like, what are we doing? What's happening? Um, yep. But there's an interesting moment also when Caroline shows up and she asks where Damon is. Yeah, she's hopeful. Does she think that Damon's still in high school? Why would Damon be at this high school? <laughs> I don't know. You're. That's a good point. It just goes back to like, how messed up is Caroline's mind because of Damon's, like, compulsion? I mean, we see right. that, like, he's he's formed enough of a psychic bond with her to, like, call her to him, which is another little piece of vampire lore in this universe of, like, wow, they can have power over someone from, like, that distance for, like, that amount. Like, that's incredible. So, like, her mind must be, like, super messed up. And, and I mean, like... This is very evocative of, like, you know, we've all seen it, unfortunately, yeah. when someone's in, like, a toxic dynamic, but they want that person back, or or they're just like, where, where is that person? And Elena says to Caroline, yeah, Elena says to Caroline, like, this is a good thing. And she's like, I know that. Oh, Candace Akala, man. What a good actress. Yeah. So good. What also is interesting in this moment is when Stefan says he's not coming back. Elena kind of smiles. She's mad still that he didn't call, but also like she wanted him to deal with this, and it seems like he has. In her mind, she, like he must have like turned him into the police and like had to gone through like police proceedings or something. Fucking knows, right? Because like she just has no idea yet. Yeah. But yeah, she she did say in the previous episode like you should be calling the police. Like you should have him arrested. Mm-hmm. So maybe she thinks something like that happened for four days. And that's probably why she's like, okay, you, you'll explain it to me later. I get it. It's something legal is going on. Not how the court, that's not how, like, the law no. works. You can't nope. just be like, oh, my brother was biting some girl. Like, that's not yeah. going to work. <laughs> she's not but Elena charges. didn't know about, like, sexism and writing. And so I think it's fair to say <laughs> <laughs> that she doesn't understand how the legal system works. Fair. So we cut to the, uh, the Mystic Grill, Bridget. Getting your fries. Oh yeah, getting my milkshake. Getting my getting my salad because I gotta be healthy too. So what I really like about this scene is that for the last five episodes, we've been told that Matt and Elena were best friends. Like you can tell that like they have chemistry, at least like platonically, and it's kind of nice. I think Matt's doing a lot better in this episode, and I think you can give him the cookie back. Yeah, yeah, he gets a cookie back. Yeah, 
You better wash it, though. <laughs> and then uh, we go to the Salvatore house where Zach hears Damon choking. And he's like, what, you don't like the prosciutto I prepared with Vervain in it? He goes down to check. Yeah. And I'm like, what is Zach, this? What, did you not hear what Stefan said? What are you going to do? Okay, he's having a bad time. He's going to be having a bad time for the next 50 years. What do you think you're going to do? I know. This is this is classic horror movie stupidity to go down into the basement. Um, And he's like, oh, Damon, just checking on you. Would you like some vervain laced coffee? I'm just helping myself to some. And I'm like, what is your point, Zach? Yeah. Well, but I guess we do learn that he has not had a family on purpose and that's why he's kind of like this weird floating loner um <laughs> i guess it must run in the family they didn't give me a reason to care about zach ever like that there's a human side of this family that like still is out there like that's interesting totally make me care about him at all like we don't even see him interact with anybody else in town and we don't really feel the loss for stefan either like in the end when stefan's holding zach I was like, I have no emotion about this. I have more emotion about the fact that Crow Paul Wesley has been killed. But also, like, <laughs> did they only, like, shoot the scenes with Zack, like, on a separate... Was the actor unavailable to shoot with any other character in this entire show but the Salvatore brothers? Because, like, he never met Elena. He's never met... He's never been to the grill. He's never, like, talked to the mayor or the sheriff. That's true. He wasn't there when the Founders Council was, like, talking... About stuff. And then we go back to the Mystic Grill. I love the moment of Matt and Elena talking about how weird it is that their siblings are together. Absolutely. And it answers your question of, like, why were Vicky and Jeremy hiding it? For, you know, legit reasons. Sure. So then she does confide in him a little bit. Um, and I think that he's perfectly great in this moment where he's just like, I think he might be a nice guy. And he's like, she's like, oh, so you think I should just, like get over he's like i think you should talk to him good advice matt on that same note nikki i think that there's like a disconnect between how matt was a couple of episodes ago where he was like why are you in the hospital stefan it's it almost seems like matt's gonna figure it out first like a couple episodes ago it seemed like matt was really on top of it why is he leaving when she gets attacked and all that kind of stuff but then stefan uh helped find vicky and then even more importantly he's good at football <laughs> Inside the mind of Matt Donovan, the pros and cons list. Uh, so Stefan finally shows up. I love that Matt is like, okay, you two have fun. Like, he's not being weird anymore. He's kind of like getting over it. And he's just like... He bonnies on out of there. <laughs> yeah, he does. He bonnies on out of there. <laughs> Stefan's still giving non-answers. And I fucking love that Elena's like, no, absolutely not with this. You're just giving me vague answers. This is nothing. She's doing what Jenna wants to say that she's doing with Logan, but Jenna's a little bit more diving into the deep end with Logan. But Elena's actually showing a healthy skepticism. And then there's this chilling moment where this beautiful voice from out of nowhere that we've never heard before goes, I know you. And I'm like, do you hang out in caves often? Yeah, this, mo this moment is so cool. Where, like, because you never think about the fact that, like, they could be recognized. We go to a different part of the grill, like the bar area, and we see that Liz, who is Caroline's mom, the sheriff of the town, we love her, go Liz, um, she's talking to Logan, and they're like, you know, talking about like, oh, who could it be? We've been searching for these vamps. And she's like, they're smart creatures. And he's like, well, someone who only comes out at night should be obvious to find. <laughs> yeah, and they're not living in a vacant building somewhere. 
They're living in a very nice big mansion. <laughs> oh. And then uh, we go to Elena's bedroom where she's sad. She's sitting in the dark. She's kind of like, meh. I love this moment. As somebody whose brother is very much not uh, the most outwardly affectionate as a brother, uh, when they do have moments of like, look at me doing something sweet for you. You're like, yeah, it is so sweet. But I just love this moment where he's like, maybe you should go eat something. And A, good advice regardless. Uh, (laughs) It also made me wonder if that's something that like their mom or their dad would have said. You know what I mean? Like she's got this little smile of like recognition and you're like, so Elena goes downstairs and Stefan is there cooking up a storm. And he's making me so hungry. This is such a good scene. I think it's so interesting that he's like, well, you should at least know who you're dumping. Like, it's a very, this moment could have gone very awry, you know, just showing up at her house. But it doesn't because, like, he he knows his audience um, and he's like, yeah, I will tell you more about me. But he tells her all of this, like, pop culture-y kind of shallowy stuff. He does talk about Catherine. He talks about, like, the fact that, like, what she meant to him and, like, how he's handled her grief, how that's affected him, which I think for a while was like probably the most pressing thing for Elena to know. Um, And he talks about his regret that his biggest regret is not being able to fix things before she died. I guess this moment made me feel like we were going back over old ground because Damon had already described uh, Catherine and, and they have a lot of overlap. But the one thing that Stefan says that I really like that gives me a picture of who Catherine is is that her laugh made you laugh. It was ridiculous. And I was like, ooh, what a good show-don't-tell kind of thing. Instead of being like, she was manipulative and sexy and whatever. It reminds me of the character of Rebecca in Rebecca, who is a ghost in the story, and you don't get to see Rebecca at all. But everyone has so much, like, she was like this larger-than-life person that, like, the main character is being told about her and, like, can't step into her... Sorry, that's a totally different... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And more importantly, we learn that Stefan can make his own homemade mozzarella. Italian roots demand it. And I'm like, yes! Pronounce it again! And then we cut to Jeremy's bedroom, where Vicky is still in his room. Um, Melina has some painkillers left over in that Jack and Jill bathroom. (laughs) And this moment quickly reminded me why I don't like Vicky. Yeah, absolutely. No, I get that. I think also Jeremy makes the mistake when he says, we. Maybe we can choose not to. It's like... She is right. There's a choice there. And, like, I think that there was a moment there where he could have chosen for himself and he didn't have to get, like, peer pressured into this. Yeah. He's tried for so long to get her. And now he probably feels like he's on eggshells with her. That, like, if he doesn't go along with, like, what she wants, that she'll just leave him and go back to Tyler. Good point. That's part of the problematic power dynamic with them of her being older and him having chased her and pined after her. And now she says, I hope you're not one of those guys that now that we're together, you try to change everything about me, which is different. That's not what he's doing. He's just saying maybe we could not be high right now. Also, in Jeremy's never shown any tendency to like want you to be something different. But I think what drove it home for me was just that I got very sick of this dynamic between Vicky and Jeremy and I still am where I'm like even like at 17 I was like this is toxic and I don't like it absolutely <laughs> absolutely and the fact that she steals these this like these pills from his house from his sister yeah 
yeah, there's a lot going on here that we'll we'll get to in a later scene. Whew. Yeah. But switching back to the other couple, which is giving me all the happy vibes. He likes Seinfeld. He likes Miley Cyrus. Those are the only two pop culture references Elena gets. Very, very subtly the show is like, mmm, garlic. Mm, yum, 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 yum. And then in this moment where Elena cuts her finger and Stefan has his like vampire eyes going all meh, um, she sees it in the reflection and turns around and she's like, oh my God. And this is the second time she's seen him have this reaction. And so it's kind of familiar to her because she's seen it up close and personal before. And I want to say, Nikki, she says, I think my paranoia has turned into full-blown hallucinations. And he says, part of your charm. And then kisses her. And I'm like, now this revisits this conversation we've had about gaslighting where like, Stefan isn't trying to make her think that she's crazy, but at this point, as he's continuing to lie to her, she's naturally feeling very invalidated in her reality and actually thinking that she's maybe having delusions. Yeah. And then we have an interesting scene where Caroline's in her bedroom and it's intercut with Damon calling her name in the basement. Damon, he's all pale and he's, he's not looking too good. Meanwhile, Caroline is talking to Tiki on the phone and she's like, don't wear the one piece. I've seen you in it. Believe me. And I'm like, be nice, Caroline. Also, I get a little bit of Mean Girl vibes where it's like... Absolutely. No, no. I mean more like, stop trying to make Tiki happen. Tiki's not going to be a character. <laughs> it just feels like in this one episode, they were like, we need like a tertiary character. So like, we mentioned this name in an episode a while back. So let's just like throw this whole character in and she can have a grandfather and be like a little bit rude. Let's count all the things we know about Tiki. She's bad at holding signs. Uh, she doesn't want to be in a one piece. No, she does want to be in a one piece. Oh, she does want to be in a one piece. She's a grandfather. She's kind of mean. She doesn't like that guy's car. I, I think that they've really fleshed out Tiki's character. <laughs> and in the scene, Crow Paul Wesley shows up uh, to Caroline's window and she's so mean to him. <laughs> she, she throws a pillow at him. And then uh, we go to the basement, right? where Stefan and Damon are passing fortune cookies back and forth between the bars, like, lies will catch up to you if you keep lying to yourself about what you are. The beauty of you in there and me out here is I can walk away. And then we cut to the sexy sons car wash. They forget that high school encapsulates, like, 13-year-olds up to, like, ugh, yuck. I hate it. Literally what I have written here, because you know how I like to uh, describe the scene for the folks at home. We see shirtless men hosing down cars, and you're right there, boys. And we see a bunch of two-piece ladies who are definitely college-aged, not in real high school. They're accounting money, and Caroline's explaining the rules of the money box like a boss. But good parts about this is our definitely in their 20s actors are really cute when they're like, oh, you should take your clothes off. And like, you know, you should take your clothes off. And then they're both like kind of awkward and sweet about it. And I love it. You know, Nikki, I find it kind of interesting that like so far the only shirtless man was Paul Wesley. And then now everyone's shirtless except Paul Wesley. That really screwed with me. I was like, what are we doing here, Vampire Diaries? My big gripe, uh, why the fuck is Stefan wearing jeans to a car wash? You know they're gonna get wet, and wet jeans are like the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Anyway. And we finally meet Tiki in the flesh. Hey, she's not just a name. Why does she put a hose in that already full bucket? So that we can get the, the moment of the bucket blowing up in her face, uh, which is... 
great because Bonnie's like, mm, look at me using my magic. We'll see how that kind of unravels later. But in this moment, it's like, good for you. <laughs> I have feelings about Bonnie using magic to like for personal resentments. I think it's like got a different tone in this episode, as we'll see, obviously, with the fire, which is scary. And and this is like the progression of that last episode when she was like lighting candles in like a room to, to kind of like help people, like to help the people that Mrs. Lockwood was bullying. That was cool and like very magical and, and, and like a wonderful thing. And then now in this episode, it's like magic is taking her away from being present, like with her friend who has recently gone through like an assaultive and toxic relationship. It's taking her away from like being kind to the guy who was just sort of like dissed by uh, Tiki. And she's using it on the only other like black speaking character that we have. And I'm like, oh, that's that kind of sucks that they're being pitted against each other. And then it's like actually destructive with the fire at the end. So I'm like, ooh, ooh, good time to go to Graham. So I'm glad that- But I, I have to say that I feel like it's a very human thing that if you get magic as a teenager and somebody's being a dick to you, you wouldn't be like... Right on. Right on, Scorpio Rising. I see you. What? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we switch over to Logan, uh, who is being a news reporter. And Jenna calls out the fact that they're going to show the girls in their bikinis. And he makes a comment about them like... Most Americans, wa- or like a good chunk of Americans watching the news with the sound off. And it's like, again, these are underage girls. This is gross. Yeah, I, I was going to make that same point of like, when he's actually reporting on it, what he's saying is, you know, Mystic Falls High, the students are still healing from the death of their football coach. And I'm like, like sexual healing? Like sexy suds healing? Like what the fuck? <laughs> when Logan's getting off camera and he's like, cut it. And he's like walking over to Jenna. There are some hilarious extras in the background. It's like these bros that are like taking selfies by the school sign. I'll have to watch it again to see. Oh my God. It's amazing. <laughs> and then we get Elena and Stefan and they're washing the car. And Elena's like, oh, you're getting this like soap in your ring. You should take it off. Like you can put it in my bag and... You know, she asks about it. And what's kind of nice is that Stefan gives some more direct answers. He says that it's uh, from their family. family and yeah. Lapis lazuli. Yes. I'm like, ooh, pronounce it again. <laughs> Say it slower. <laughs> Being Italian is his whole identity suddenly. Yeah. You know, cave, uh, secrets. I love Lucy. Italian. Right. <laughs> and Elena keeps asking to put it away. And I kind of feel like she's being pushy because, again, she can feel subconsciously that there's something there. Like, she's like, I'm going to go wherever the resistance is because she's going to, like, poke it out. Yeah. And then we go over to Caroline, who is running an empire. She's off to get more towels and those shimmy things. She's minding the money. Are we surprised? No. Caroline goes to go get more. Um, And she's in the school. I always think that schools after hours are kind of creepy. I was going to say the exact same thing. Anytime you're in a building, like a big building that's supposed to be full of people and you're alone, it feels that same way being in a theater by yourself, too. Being in a a theater all alone is like, oh, there's some there's some ghosts here. (laughs) Even if you don't believe in ghosts, you're like, oh, fuck this. Right. Yeah. An office building is the same thing, too. Yes. An office building. I've absolutely felt that. Yes. Yes. And you can almost feel how like cold and like hard 
because you can like see the the reflection of the lockers and it's like dark and it's like we were just outside it was so like wet and wild and like you know sunny and all that stuff and then to get this juxtaposition of like I feel like this is an embodiment of what Caroline's been going through to the world she's showing off this like I shine I am a leader I am the fun perky cheerleader who has no problems and on the inside when she's alone it's dark it's cold she feels vastly alone like I think this is shot so well I think that that's a good metaphor for her character as whole like even from the first episode you know there's that moment of like how she is on the outside and then her breakdown to Bonnie when she's just like you know I try so hard and like you can see that there's something in Caroline that's not this bright perky person because in this moment you know we get reminded very quickly like the show likes to do of your like you like to say like oh you're in a horror movie like yeah the music kicks in and she's in hall alone yeah and then Damon's there and Damon is trying to get her attention yeah, he must have formed a very strong psychic connection with her to be able to do this. It's unlike anything we've seen so far. And then we go back outside where the sun is and everything's fine. And uh, and whoever this is that plays Tiki's grandfather, I just, I love this actor. I don't know about you, but I feel like he did such a good job of being like sweet and yet there's like a sinister thing about it. But he's like genuinely just remembering it, doesn't know what it means, but it, it lands so well. And Tiki being mean to him breaks my heart. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. And he mentions 1953, which I don't know if you remember this, Nurki, but when we were back in Mr. Tanner's classroom a couple episodes ago, uh, Stefan had a little showdown with Mr. Tanner about the year 1953 being when the Korean War ended. Mmm. That's a nice little Easter egg. I never noticed that. Right? So, like, maybe he fought in the Korean War and got back that year, and that's why he remembers, and maybe that's why he was visiting home. Oh, because he also remembers Joseph passing away. We get to see more of Elena putting the pieces together. You know, she has this gut instinct, and she's like, something's not right. And she has all of these, she has, like, these avenues that she could take that are, oh, I can brush this aside also. She has um, Tiki calling her grandfather Alzheimer, which is, I don't appreciate. I think that that's fucked up. And also Tiki says it where, like, he can hear it. It, it, Like, he's, like, right there and he's turning around and she's like, he wasn't bothering you, was he? He's a little Alzheimer. And I'm just like, (laughs) such a nice man. Elena disregards that and she still wants to hear what he had to say about it. Right. She immediately goes, no, he was sweet. Yeah. And then she asks him for more information, and then she gets it, and she's not gonna just brush this one aside. Absolutely, and she, as she sort of is piecing this together, she looks back over her shoulder at Stefan in his black t-shirt, surrounded by shirtless extras. What is this show doing to me, and why? Why is- why? Again, the jeans? Like, we can 
wear shorts. I, the jeans really bothered me. I don't know if you can tell. So you're upset about the, the bottom half of his outfit and I'm upset about the top half not being gone. Or why does this black t-shirt not have Can't I'm a Loner on right. it? I'm sorry. Where, wh- where's his motto? <laughs> to the cemetery. And uh, Vicky shotguns Jeremy. Like she blows smoke into his mouth. Like she's never shotgunned anyone before. I'm like, are you a real stoner? Okay, come on. It was sloppy. It was sloppy at best. Even I was like, that looks bad. Like that looks like you did it wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Jeremy acts like, oh, what a good hit. And I'm like, no, no, bullshit. Did any soap get in your mouth at all? <laughs> uh, but we get to meet Vicky's friends, who we've never seen before. These are the guys at Woodshop, I guess. I don't know. So then we cut back to uh, the high school. And I want to like Logan and Jenna's banter, but I can't because I love Jenna and I know that Logan's using her. Like, I want to enjoy this, but I just, it cringe, it's cringe. The the thing that I've realized the most from this rewatch is how many good one-liners Jenna has. Oh my God, a very reluctant maybe to both. And that delivery, Sarah Canning, snaps. Love that. Yes. But so she, Elena, wants to look at some footage of this event that Kiki's grandfather told her about. Um, very smart. Maybe Elena should be an investigative journalist when she learns to stop asking questions like, so your family's from Italy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bridget, I have a question for you. Yeah. So in shows like this, there's a lot of times the like, you know, when are the other characters going to find out the big secret? You know, when are they going to find out that there's this hidden world? That they're a vampire, that they're hunting vampires, mm-hmm. that their boyfriend's a vampire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their friend's a witch, all this stuff. Their friend's a witch, uh, they're a mermaid, whatever the fuck it is. Fairies, um, in the case of True Blood. Sorry. I get very annoyed when it takes too long for characters to know or not know. I'm like, can you just fucking tell them? So there's always like kind of a balance of like, how long do you keep your protagonist or one of your main characters in the dark? Do you like them not knowing for a period Mm -hmm. of time? I agree. I think it says a lot about the characters, too. Like, how long it takes for someone to find out. Uh, I mean, we're getting, like, information about Elena's character right now, which, like, Matt already knows. He's like, she's big on trust. She's been saying that. If if he's not going to tell her, she's going to find out and she's not going to stop digging until she does. And so, like, that's, like, a cool Elena quality because she's tenacious. And even though she's kind of, um... Not the brightest bulb sometimes, to put it nicely. You know, no, no problem there. Her brain is still, her brain is still forming. Her brain is not fully formed. It's okay, teenagers, you know. Um, but she, so, so I think it's okay as long as it makes sense with the characters. And I think it makes sense why Stefan didn't want to tell her. But then he reached this, like, that stalemate we were talking about. So it makes sense to me that, like, he still doesn't want to tell her because he thinks that he's going to be, like, probably unlovable, honestly. I mean, and we don't see how she really reacts in this. I think it's chilling to see her put it together at the end. But I think it says it says a lot about characters in terms of, like, like in Buffy. Like, you know, it says a lot about those characters, how they find out and how they react. And it says a lot about, you know, characters in, like, or in True Blood or in any of these cases where, like, there's a secret, there's a before and an afterworld right. of, like... Yeah, I just always think it's interesting, like, how shows and books and media decide to handle the situation um because i get very kind of quickly get bored of the like they don't know they're in the dark like i'm always just like Mm -hmm. all right but like as the audience who knows everything that gets very boring so i appreciate that 
hopefully by you know this ending of this episode we'll start a new beginning of elena being a little bit more clued into things (laughs) yeah and hopefully like her tenaciousness is a staple right so back to the show caroline's walking like a zombie down the road to the salvatore house i love how this is shot too she's just like this tiny little thing like walking through you know we, we just see how vulnerable she is again you know walking in like She's still, like, you know, in her bathing suit, and, oh, this shot of her going into the basement of, like, she's totally in shadow, and she's, like, descending the stairs. It's just very horror movie, as we were saying before. It's like, and back to the horror genre. And also that, like, Caroline has no idea she's never been to this house before. No. In fact, she goes there, and without, like, she very clearly, very clearly is in a trance, and she goes right to the basement and right to where Damon is. Yeah, and she almost comes out of her trance when she gets there. She's like, what is this? And he's like, this is where they put the naughty guests in the Salvatore boarding house. Just kidding. We probably had slaves or were vampires. We don't know. This show. What is this show? And she's like, what show? Are we in the Truman show? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm daydreaming again. Um, Anyway... (laughs) Um, she, uh, she's face to face with the person who, she actually gets to, like, put words to it, and she says, you bit me. And he he immediately goes, you liked it. And as we know, this is very triggering and evocative of, like, gaslighting in the face of, like, being called out on abuse and saying, like, well, it's fine because, like, you're complicit in some way, which is why I was so upset earlier when, like, Bonnie only picked up on Caroline saying, maybe I let him because it's like she feels mm-hmm. complicit in some way. And, and that's very typical of especially teens, children, people who are being, you know, groomed yeah. and stuff. It's oh, my God, uh, th- that can be very embedded of like she says, why do I keep remembering the same things in different ways? And that's just so disturbing. It, he, it's straight up evil. Not only does she already feel vulnerable because of what we know she's been through and every way that this show is framing her to look more vulnerable, but then just realizing that, like, how much her memory's been fucked with and, like, the fact that she's remembering things differently, that she saws holes in, this, in her memory, like, that's gotta yeah. be terrifying. Like, and she also, like, she doesn't, confide in anybody like it doesn't seem like she can confide in anybody or like who she would and like it yeah she tried earlier and yeah it's sad to think that like this character who we've seen in so many other ways be so independent and so in control and so like so much willpower and then like to see this other character try to strip that away yes um it's really frustrating But luckily, Zach comes in, well, luckily in the sense that I like Caroline more than Zach, Zach comes in and stops her from freeing Damon, kind of. Damon gets out, he kills Zach, but luckily Caroline is able to run. And she back kicks him. She just makes it out the door, and thank God that Stefan took Damon's ring. And Caroline runs off back to, well, heading back to the Sexy Suds car wash. Tiki has been left in charge. That's what she says. And she's like, here, Bonnie, like, sweep the pavement, as if that's going to do anything. I don't think Tiki understands a lot of the logistics of how things work, like, that you don't fill up an already full bucket and that you don't have to, like, 
brush the sidewalk <laughs> until it's clean. It, it'll anyway. Yeah, I love Bonnie's like by default it is clean. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with Bonnie. It's just like soap and water going under the ground. Yeah, yeah, this is ridiculous. And so um, Bonnie uh, just starts her magic. It's just it's it's almost like her magic is like a trance in the same way we just saw Caroline in a trance because of Damon. It's almost like Bonnie can't um, break out of it as she's like just watching this happen. It's clear she doesn't have control over her magic yet. I'm really grateful that Stefan's there and that Stefan knows about witches. He breaks her from this trance and he, you know, we see her very vulnerable in this moment. She's like, did anybody else see? He's like, no. She says, did I do this? Did I do this? She's she's like very disconnected almost from like, am I yeah. that powerful? And he nods his head because, yeah, he deaf knows about witches. I really appreciate in this moment that Steph, we know that Stefan more than most people can appreciate wanting to keep a secret. And he knows what it's like to have a secret that makes you dangerous. And also, this is a great music moment. Anjali's boom. Myself is something I don't wanna. Oh, it's so good. So after this moment with Bonnie, we get to see Elena at the news station where Logan shows her, you know, how to run things. And luckily for our protagonist, Logan gets distracted and he doesn't get to see Elena see Stefan in 1953, which probably would have been bad seeing that he's on the Founders <laughs> Council. And looking for vampires. Bonnie's little fire pyrotechnics came at just the right time. Yeah, also him being like, ooh, can you imagine there's news in this town? Yes, Logan Fell, we're aware there have been multiple murders. Where, what, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's pretty damn insensitive. There's an event every other day. Of course there's news in Mystic Falls. What are you talking about? Yeah. And he's like, it's very simple to use, the computer. And we're like, oh, good. I'm glad. So that she could just look up keywords, Joseph Salvatore, and we'll attack. And it works. But before we see that it works, we go back to the cemetery um, where Jeremy finds out that Vicky took Elena's pain meds. And, you know, he's like, she's going to notice. You know, they kind of go off to the side and he's like... Yeah, it is kind of a big deal. And and they get into something a little bit deeper even than like, it's more than just getting high. It's like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. She's essentially saying you're like a rich boy who is depressed because his parents yeah. died. You're going to get over yeah. it. I'm always going to be the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. And I'm still going to be here waiting tables and doing stuff. So- and it, it becomes more than just like, you actually stole drugs like and i don't want you to do that and also like jeremy was wrong in how he talked about these people that he barely knows um, right you should not call them like a waste of space that's also fucked up um yeah this is then, very he's 15 he's lashing out again yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then yeah and then vicky is acting like she has no autonomy over her own life yeah you know she's very much like this is where i'm always gonna be i'm always gonna be doing this like yeah you're like like and also minimizing what jeremy's gone through like sure jeremy is privileged but like he's also gone through huge grief you know and like she has things going on in her life that are fucked up but like that doesn't mean that he doesn't her calling it his dark period is kind of like caroline calling it a blah phase yeah and also like you know i think vicky doesn't she definitely has less than the gilberts is probably monetarily speaking but she does have a brother that loves her. 
She's still in, like, a, well, nice town. Vampires excluded. <laughs> you know, she has a job. She's going to a good school. Like, she has a lot going for her. Absolutely. And Jeremy even kind of hints at that where he's like, he's like, no, you're not like them. Like, you don't have to be. Like, and, and what he means is, like, is all those things that you just said where, like, I can see that he believes in her. Yeah. You know? And, and it's really sad that this conversation that should validly happen around her taking drugs from his house that he's she stole from his sister just becomes this like larger than life conversation about like where are we gonna be in like 10 years i was like what yeah and then of course she throws in the dig of like going back to tyler this is now vicky's baggage like yes she is treated poorly by a lot of people including like damon and tyler but her saying, like, if I want to sh- feel like shit about myself, essentially, like, I'll just go back to Tyler. It's like, but you still feel like shit about yourself when you're with Jeremy because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of you doing things that you're not proud of. Hey, Bridget. Yeah. Like, a note just appeared on my, like, a comment on my Google Doc. Uh, says it's a comment from Jeremy. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. It just says, I don't want to be getting high all the time anymore. How do I get Vicky to understand that? Any thoughts? Oh, I absolutely do. I'm always thinking about Jeremy and his and his well-being. Um, hey, Jer. Uh, Here, wait, let me type while you're doing this. Okay, go ahead. I'll dictate. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Take, yes, take dictation. Yes. <clears throat> Hello, Jeremy, comma. I know that Vicky's important to you, but you know, if you're important to her, I think she'll understand that you don't want to get high and she won't pressure you into it or steal things from your house. But fair is fair. You know, you don't get to control her behavior. And in this moment, I would tell her that you're going to talk about this later. Leave. Talk about it in the morning when she's sober and you've calmed down a little bit. And open up to her about what drug-induced behavior would mean for your family, for, uh, you know, Jenna, because she's been sort of called out as being an incompetent guardian. We don't know if Tanner reported that. Um, and you don't want your family ripped apart anymore. And if she really cares about you, she will respond to you being honest and vulnerable about this. And how she responds will give you very important information about if she's a trustworthy person um, to pursue a relationship with. But definitely do not insult her. Don't make this a bigger conversation than it is. You know, that's not going to score you any points. Neither of you knows what's going to happen in the future. Uh, And, you know, you're probably not going to convince her to stop stealing or doing drugs. That's her choice, not yours. Your choice is if you continue to trust her after you've gleaned certain information. Nikki, do you like that I use the word gleaned? Ten points to Slytherin. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) So glad to get that off my chest. I I really do care about Jeremy. After this yikes moment in the cemetery, uh, we go back to the Sexy Suds car wash where... You know, Matt's giving Stefan some advice and I kind of appreciate it. He's like, you know, she's big on trust. And like, if she thinks that there's, you're hiding something, she's going to lean into it. Cut to Alina at the, at the news station. <laughs> Leaning into it. <laughs> you know what's cool too? Matt's not like keeping track of Elena either. Like Stefan comes over and is like, have you seen her? And like, and he's like, uh, she might've gone home. Not sure. I, I think he can get another cookie. I'm I feel good giving him another cookie. Okay. Yeah, I'm in a good mood. So Elena at the news station and wow wow wow, does that man look like Stefan? Also very clear footage for nineteen fifty three that she's able to zoom in on for some reason. Yeah, did you notice that the reporter is Franklin Fell, who must be Logan Fell's like relative? Yeah. 
And he's wearing a bow tie. Like, because nothing changes in Mystic Falls? Yeah, I got it. Because nepotism is Mystic Falls' favorite thing. Yes. We go from that to Caroline's bedroom. And this is the song moment for me. This is the song that... I totally get it. The beauty of the dark. It's so good. It's haunting. And Caroline is laying in the dark. (laughs) Um... Then Liz comes in to check on her, um, and we see again that they don't have a great relationship, uh, that it's distant at best, and then when Liz tries to help, uh, Caroline uses, digs in where she knows it's gonna hurt. I do fault Liz for giving up, though, on this, because I'm like, if your teen is sitting alone in the dark, and you come in, and, like, something's obviously wrong, and they're lashing out at you, have the damn maturity of the person whose brain is fully formed... To say, you know, no, I'm not going to take that for an answer. You can talk to me. Like, and really try. Right. I think we do have a little bit of, it. we do have a little bit of hindsight bias of knowing that something really bad did happen to Caroline um, versus her just being like, yeah, dramatic. Bad things happen to dramatic people too. Caroline's mom's probably not assuming the worst because she has, like, in her eyes has, like, no other evidence to, like, think that something really bad happened. Other than she's, like, sitting in the dark. And she's just like, you all right? Um, she also knows that she's been dating, like, an older guy. Signs of grooming. Mm. She's not doing great at, at the whole parenting thing. I think that she, I don't know, isn't as bad as some of the other parents <laughs> as far as, like... I get it. There's also a lack of awareness in our culture about the signs of grooming and what that could be, like... If your teen is like more like withdrawn and stuff like that, if they're if they suddenly have like random habits that they start or like if they're just like disappearing at weird hours more like right. there's like it's also hard to tell too with this show where all of the teens are acting like they're hiding something all of the time <laughs> because they are. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest red flag would should have been that Caroline left the car wash early. Ooh. Caroline Forbes leaving an event that she planned absolutely not. And then, uh, let's get more depressed. We go to the Salvatore house where, yeah, sure, Zach is dead, but Crow Paul Wesley's been brutalized. Oh, I didn't notice that part. He's been murdered! He is. Stefan comes in and, like, and Crow Paul Wesley is just, like, torn apart. Oh. Oh, I didn't even see that! Oh, yeah! I didn't notice that! Damon, Damon ate everything that he could possibly eat. He ate the blood sausage. He ate Zach. He ate Crow Paul Wesley. It's so Did he actually eat Zach? Because Zach had, a uh, Zach had Verfina. Oh, him. good point. So he ate, he ate Crow Paul Wesley. Which is sad. Uh, I did have in my notes, though, uh, Zach is gone and I feel nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> No emotion for that. More emotion for, like, Caroline and Bonnie as we see Caroline go to sleep and, like, over, like, Elena's got this gorgeous diary entry, like, best of the diary entries, Mm -hmm. where she's like, I'm not a believer. People get old and they die. Classic. (laughs) She's like, it's like, who are you trying to convince, Elena? Um, (laughs) As as Caroline goes to sleep and we see the crystal casts this, like, pentagram shape over her and we're like, oh, shit. And then, conveniently, we go to... You mean this crystal that just kind of was, like, put in this show is going to have some sort of significance? <laughs> yeah, we have no idea what it is. We still don't know why they want the pocket watch, why they want the crystal, like, what's going on? We go to Bonnie, who is at Grams's door, and is just tears flowing down her face. And is like, I don't know what's happening to me. Mm-hmm. And Grams is like, I know, honey. And thank God... This is the first time we're seeing Grams? Yes, and she's played by Jasmine Guy. I love Jasmine Guy. 
She's great. I love Grams. I'm so excited yes. that we get to see Grams. Absolutely. And then we go to the Gilbert house where Jenna is like trying to find Logan. Oh, Logan, where are you? Ugh, fuck Logan. He's snooping in Jeremy's room. Yeah. and But he's not looking for pot. He's looking for yeah, and something he, else. Yeah, and Jeremy catches him in the hallway and he says that he was looking for the bathroom. And you can see Jeremy doesn't believe him. You mean this Jack and Jill bathroom that's come up multiple times? I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he almost like looks over to the corner where he's like, you mean the bathroom that's obviously right there? Yeah. Yeah. Also, you were downstairs with my aunt. Why are you looking for the upstairs bathroom? Point of it is, he's being very obvious, and it's no wonder that the council is incompetent. Um, hmm So we also see Elena in a room looking at the mirror, kind of mentally putting all of these things together. And I gotta say, better than a Google search. <coughs> Bella. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> You know, where she's putting together all these moments that have happened that you mentioned earlier, Bridget, of like, and then this happened, and then this, and like, she's trying in every way possible to be like, it can't be this, it can't be vampires, but it's just coming back to vampires. Right. And actually, we get like a really convenient moment of like, looking back and seeing Matt be like, she said it was a vampire, and that's what gives her the word, which is cool that she, she gets to realize it, and it has a name without her having to like, be like vampire out loud or whatever say it out yeah. loud <laughs> yeah yeah and the pain in her eyes is so good nina dobrev has this great moment i mean it's so good you see her processing it's the opposite of smizing <laughs> <laughs> so elena's got this moment where we're like oh shit what is she gonna do about this um we cut to the cemetery in a genius moment where like the music turns from like the montage music to like the actual music that the stoners are listening to on the radio in the car. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So good. And it like stops suddenly and they're like, and, and they're like, not it, not it, Vicky. Ah. And <laughs> I hate these. <laughs> what is this TV idea of stoners? Um, so Vicky's like reluctantly getting up and you can tell that she regrets everything that happened with Jeremy. She's feeling kind of down. She walks over to the car to restart the music. And uh, there, there's a very sad man there. And he's all like, uh, uh, I'm sick. Uh, come closer. We definitely don't. I have something to tell you. Yeah, we don't. We don't get closer to people that say "come closer." Let's not. Let's never. Yeah, in the middle of the woods. Like, no, thank what are you. We doing? <laughs> Thanks for the suggestion, <laughs> but nah. But yet again, Vicky has become the victim of Damon's thirst. How does he always? Yeah, she just you know, and it and if she wasn't high in the cemetery, perhaps she wouldn't have been there. Maybe she could have been at home with Jeremy and and could have been in the room and and found Logan and been like, what the fuck are you doing? And everything could have turned out differently, but it didn't. C'est la vie. We're not there. Uh, We don't know if Vicky's alive after this or not. Nope. But, yep, so I guess that's a question for next week. But Stefan gets home and realizes Damon's escaped. Stefan's on full-on hunt down the vampire mode. And we yeah, get to see he's in Buffy the, mode. He's for, got, like, a steak. For the first time, we get to see a steak. Yes, good point. He's like, my Italian roots. I prepared this steak especially for Damon. I put a little bit of uh, herbs <laughs> on it. I yeah. put a little bit of, you know. And he's, like, full-on ready to charge out the door. He opens the door. Annalena Gilbert is standing there. What are you? And that says so much about her character that she goes to confront him. She has so much courage. Absolutely. She immediately goes there. She doesn't care that it's nighttime. And that's where the episode ends. (laughs) Oof! Such a good ending! Such a good episode. 
Bridget, who are you taking and staking? I'm so glad you asked. I am taking Tiki's grandfather, and I'm taking him to a place where where he'd be loved and Aww. where he'd be happiest. I don't know where that would be for him, but that's where I'm taking him. To a place where, you know, people respect him and don't call him Nalzyheimery. I really liked him. And I'm staking Damon, specifically for saying you liked it. All right, Nikki, who are you taking and who are you staking? I am taking Elena and I'm taking her to all of the answers she wants. Uh, I really liked Elena in this episode. Uh, she has a couple moments where I'm like, oh my god, Elena, what are we doing? Uh, but that's kind of just my general opinion about Elena for the whole series. Um, but I like that she isn't putting up with the bullshit of not, of not getting answers. Because it's not normal to be to have a partner who just gives you vague answers like you shouldn't pressure people into telling you everything about themselves but at the same time like if they're hiding things from you that's not healthy and then i'm staking uh the teenagers being sexualized in this episode Ooh, very good very good we're staking uh ideologies now what's the word of the day the word of the day today is hagiography it's spelled H-A-G-I-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. Hagiography. Okay. And what it means is a biography of saints or a venerated person. And it's idealizing or idolizing. We're here to learn. <laughs> uh, okay. Bonnie goes to Graham's house where the shelves are stacked with hagiographies of witches throughout the ages. Or dare I call them hags? No, no, no. Just because of hagiography. Ah! Catherine sounds like she would never have a hagio- hagiography written about her, as half of her adjectives are negative. I love that. Very fact-finding. All right, Nikki, who's your tarot card for? I'm on an Elena kick today, I think. Um, I picked, I picked the Six of Swords for Elena. I love it. I love it. I love your Elena kicks. She's just on full detective mode, and I think, like, from watching this episode, I very clearly was like, it needs to be a sword. Elena because that's just her whole kick right now is like give me the truth um and I think this one specifically because she's not quite like uh you know at the point of like taking the truth and moving on to the next Mm. stage of it and she's not like in a negative place about it it's more just like I just want to know what's happening that like whole part at the end where she's just like you know so rational like she's like i don't believe in mystical things like there's not like there's not magic mm. i know that but also like like what's logical is telling me that there's not magic but then also i've seen it with my own eyes now i fucking love that uh who did you pick and why i picked the hierophant or the hero font not sure how it's pronounced never been sure uh for grams <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the the hero font let's say um represents a person who can be like a mentor or a teacher someone who can transmit uh truth and specifically throughout history it's represented like a person who can um interpret ancient texts and be like the channel into those texts of like and tell people who you know come to them to be like What's, like, the truth of this? It's been something that I think, like, the patriarchy for sure has, like, had a handle on that for so many years in terms of, like, you know, uh, men and, like, specifically, like, white men very much of the time being, like, the voices in charge of 
many religions or like spiritual texts or like spirituality or um, even like, you know, what do our laws mean? How do we interpret our laws? Like there's a lot of that. Um, And in this, I wanted to give it to Grams because Bonnie needs guidance. She needs answers. She doesn't know what's happening to her. And she goes to her Grams, who she's known for a while is the person who's been, like, trying to tell her, like, hey, this is something that's up, so if you start experiencing these things, this is what's up. And she finally accepts that she needs help, and she goes to Grams, who has access to that ancient knowledge, to that wisdom of, like, what is their lineage? What does this mean? She probably, she would totally understand if Bonnie was like, today I set something on fire. Well, even in that moment when Bonnie's like, I have no idea what's happening to me. And she says, I know. Yeah, I know, honey. And she just hugs her. And you're like, thank goodness Bonnie has a soft spot to land with, like, someone that has this ancient wisdom and knowledge and, like, yeah. It's really comforting to see one of these children go to an adult and be like, I need help. And to have been invited the whole time. It actually reminds me, and, you know, stop me if this is too much of a tangent, but I think it relates to what Caroline's going through. Um, Kristen Bell has this great uh, interview where she talks about one of her family members saying to her, hey, like, depression runs in our family. And if you start experiencing certain things, like, you know, and they, like, named the symptoms of, like, have to be like in a room without light like all this stuff like literal darkness and and is something that she mentioned she said they were like that's something that happens and like you can get help for that and like we have a history of it in our family um so it reminds me a little bit of that like in a parallel sense but with mental health like people can say you're not alone and there are ways to treat it or like that kind of thing i love that that was a good pick. That's it for your Undead to Me. I have been your host, Bridget. And I have been your host, Nikki. Thank you for joining us. And tune in next time to find out if Elena's horrified or super turned on that Stefan's a vampire. How much money they raised at this car wash. Find out if Vicky's still alive. Thanks, everyone. Dear Diary, you can be craftier about it. At least make an effort to sneak her in and out. Dear Diary, I want in your face sexy. It's a fundraiser, for God's sake. Dear Diary, Did we just get scolded? Dear Diary, it's probably best to stay out of the basement.